Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. You can stream the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. And across the state with our Hale Varsity affiliates, we welcome in big-time friend of the show and host of his own show, Noon to Two, across the state in Alabama, covers the Crimson Tide and has his heart in Nebraska, longtime Nebraska uh, fan growing up and has done just great work in the world of college football. New York Times bestselling author Lars Anderson with us at Lars Anderson 71 is uh, where you follow him on Twitter. Lars, we've, we've got the, uh, the, the video feed all set up. We got Casa de Large under construction. So we just get the voice. How you doing today? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. Uh, wonderful to be with you guys. Um, I hear that uh, you're finally, you know, you're experiencing a little bit of Alabama heat in Nebraska. <laughs> you need to toughen you guys up. Well, you know, we started the show off and in Nebraska's systems president, Ted Carter, is taking the Ohio State job. That bombshell dropped a little bit earlier. Normally... Who cares? But he's a, a big time guy who's a, a monster leader, a guy that came from the Naval Academy, of course, Lars, and just a steady hand through really trying times since he got here in 2019. And the topic of unity is so important for Nebraska's athletic department. They haven't had it. They had it with Ted and Trev and now Matt Rule and it's been a, a bit of a, a discussion point today. So we, we were trying to find volunteers. If we could find enough people to mow Ted Carter's yard in today's weather like today, then maybe he'd stay. But, yeah, we are getting a lot of Bama today where the heat index is 115. Yeah, um, I'm really good friends with Matt Finkus, who's a former All-American defensive end from Ohio State. And I think um, he summed up in a text message to me in a very eloquent, deep, thoughtful manner. Be, be how, careful because we're still on radio. <laughs> how Ohio State fans feel about Nebraska right now. And the text was, uh, ha, 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 ha. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it never is great when your university president leaves, but it's even worse when he leaves and make you feel like you're a stepping stone and uh, it sort of puts you in your place of uh, 
where <laughs> where he'd rather work. And I, 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 if I'm in Lincoln throughout the state, I'm pretty pissed off. Well, Lars, from, from base your- salary is going to be 1.1 million. I don't, I don't blame Carter. I, I, I don't. I mean, and I'm not knocking where I've grown up or where I went to school. I love it. Ohio State's going to call shots, Lars. They call shots in the Big Ten. Yeah, and uh, actually, Matt, we did go back and forth, and he was hoping that for some reason it would be Jim Trestle would be the next president of Ohio State. But, um, you know, I, I honestly don't know a, a ton of the details, but just the it's not a great look. The perception is, is not real positive. Um, but I do think there are a lot of positive things going on in Nebraska in the athletic department. I think the leadership by Trev is, is uh, been uh, really solid, and um, Matt Rule is uh, you know saying all the right things, and um, you know we'll see. Uh, for for about a, uh, six months or so, my radio partner was uh, Christian Miller, who played uh, defensive end, sort of linebacker at Alabama, and then he played for Matt Rule at Carolina. And I got to say, uh, he's no big fan of Matt rule. Why, and, why is that? Uh, why is that? Cause I've heard both sides of it. I've heard from some Carolina players, specifically Amir Abdullah that loved him. And, and I'm, you know, and then you've got the fan base that didn't like the, the number you've got the rule supporters out there that are like, look, the guy didn't have a quarterback. He, he had, yeah, no help, and and Carolina did what they did, and not all of Rule's staff was was uh, jettisoned from from the you know last season. Some of them were retained. Well, so what's what's the what's the scoop from a former player? From what I gather, is he brought most of his guys uh, from Baylor. A lot uh, of them, yeah. Like, even like strength and conditioning guys mm-hmm. who didn't have much experience in the NFL to Carolina and, uh, you know, support staff kind of thing. And, um, you know, a complaint you hear from players a lot when NFL players, when they are on a team, coach gets fired, and then a college coach comes in is what? Well, he's treating us like college kids. Right. And you can't do that. You just can't do that. Um, the, the, the power structure of an NFL team is much different than the power structure of a college football team. Mm-hmm. Although it's changing with NIL money because you have to treat the quarterback who's making about as much money as the coach uh, a little bit different <laughs> in college than you, than you do. Just and, in the and, SEC, was... Lars, just in the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, give Missouri governor, uh, what, I forget his name, but give him credit, man. <laughs> it's just like, what, what, what more can they do? Um, I'm sure you saw that bill that was passed that, uh, if you're an in-state player in Missouri and you commit to Missouri, you now can be paid NIL money by Missouri. <laughs> Man. Like, what's next? I mean, you know, uh, I think we need federal legislation on NIL. Uh, do I think it's going to happen? Well, not with the great Tommy Tuberville leading the charge. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, look, college football, it, it, it's an absolute – I think train wreck right now. There is no middle class anymore. Um, if a if a team like where where I live uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, 
let's say UAB has a player who is uh, sort of lightly recruited, maybe like three star, and he comes and as a freshman, he absolutely exceeds expectations and is just this stud, say, corner. And what's he going to do? I mean, if, if Alabama comes calling and offers him NIL money, of course he's gone. All of the best players from the, the middle class of college football are going to be moving to the upper class. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have this widening gulf between the, the, the sort of the two echelons, right, or the two uh, classes of college football. And so and, and you can't blame the player. Because the player is now incentivized to do sort of exactly what I just mentioned uh, in in that uh, in that scenario, and something needs to change. And the only way to change it, I believe, is through uh, federal legislation. But the problem is, as you guys know, Congress is really a reactive body, not a proactive body. Well, I was going to jump in, and in right, Tuberville's. Not everyone's favorite. Some folks like him. He's got college football background. Uh, we'll get into some some thoughts on Nebraska and Bama in a second, season-wise. But you do have Mansion that's boys with Saban. And if anyone yeah. can, can kind of get it centered or what he thinks is best for college football and, and also separate that for what's best from Alabama. I mean, I think Saban does care about, well, Nick Saban in Alabama, but I think he cares about college football. And Saban's still part of the old guard. So I think at least you got Manchin in there, at least uh, to, to, to listen to Saban's suggestion, wouldn't you think? Because they go back a, a lot of years at West Virginia. Yeah, they're, they're uh, really, really close. Um, I think one possible solution is if, if we knock out Congress is – you, you make all athletes employees of the school, and then you have a, a methodology, a system of uh, compensation. And that would, I think, level the playing field to a degree. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge moving forward. And, it, you know, even for a program like Nebraska, as much uh, heritage, history, uh, richness to it, if a, if a if a player at Nebraska uh, can you know sort of overachieve, and then he finds out that say Ohio State can pay him a million dollars a year, he's going to go to Ohio State. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's it's crazy to say. Got to fix, the, gotta fix the got to fix the portals. Got to fix the portal system. Well, well, yeah. Lars, from your outside perspective, looking in here, we've talked about. Ted Carter jumping ship for Ohio State, the possibility of Husker players jumping ship and going somewhere like Ohio State, or we saw last year with Ernest Houseman going to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Do you see Nebraska from your outside perspective as a stepping stone program in college football right now for everyone from leadership down to players? We were talking last hour about the potential for Matt Rule maybe somewhere down the road to jump ship and go back to his alma mater at Penn State. Do you see Nebraska as a stepping stone? Gosh, I hope not, but, um, you know, all evidence to the contrary. Yeah, yeah, I mean – We'll have to see. We'll have to see how it shakes out. And um, I, I hope that Matt Rule, um, you know, just gets back to what 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 are the distinguishing characteristics of a good Nebraska team? What does Nebraska do well? What physical, does Nebraska do physical, than physical. Else? They they were physical. They were deep. They were talented. They were developed. Punch you in the mouth. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they got to do that same thing. It, it, the 
the finesse, I, I just hope this experiment of finesse spread them out four wide uh, is, is over at Nebraska and just get back to uh, smash mouth. And I, I know that's not sexy. It's not what is uh, sort of trending in college football. However, at, in, in, at Alabama, you are, we are going to see uh, exactly that as sort of a, a back to the future look mm. of the Alabama offense. Um, it's going to be much more run heavy uh, in the uh, really it's going to be uh, the ball control, mm-hmm. uh, make, have your quarterback not make mistakes. Nick Saban always talks about any possession that ends with a kick is good, whether it's an extra point, a field goal attempt or a punt, uh, just take care of the ball. And then you win with suffocating defense. And that for a long time was the prescription for success at Nebraska. And I, I, and I think you still can do that. um, But it, Nebraska has to be able to develop those three star players into essentially like four, four and a half star guys. Right. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the, the, the five stars, like if, if Nebraska can't get Dylan Rayola, (laughs) <laughs> what you're not going to get any five-star quarterbacks coming to Lincoln anytime soon. Well, and, and that's that's fine. Uh, you know, you got Jeff Sims, you've got the portal, you've got recruiting, and uh, you've got that that D word we're talking about, development. And uh, you you have a a guy perceived to be ahead of the curve and out of the gates, and and Riola very well could be, could be incredible uh, at Georgia with the talent around him on top of his ability. Absolutely. That's a hard fight for Nebraska right now despite the, the family ties. Yeah. And and you got to – you got to figure out a way uh, so you didn't get him. Uh, I want to. Did you guys ever? Did you guys ever think that Nebraska had a legit chance of landing Rayola? Um, I thought they were they were in it until they weren't. If that makes sense. Um, and what I mean by that is, I think Nebraska was very much in the conversation. I just don't know where it broke down. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure Nebraska was ever in the lead, but I do believe they were in the race. Yeah, and and I think they. When, when push comes to shove, I, I think it was just too tough. I think, yeah, the NIL part was an issue, but I don't think Nebraska was so dramatically different with what they could have spent. I mean, Nebraska's got, you know, Nebraska has resources as well, Lars. I mean, uh, so do they have Georgia resources? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't. Not the treasurer for the, uh, the the booster club in Lincoln or in Athens. I do know that you're working on a third straight national championship at Georgia, and and that's that's something very few teams are able to compete with. So there's that. Um, I'm interested, Lars. I got about 90 seconds before I got to take a break. I want to keep you for a couple of minutes on the other side, if that can work. Is that all right with you? Yeah, you bet. So real quick though. Lars Anderson gets five grand, and do you put it on six and a half over or under the six and a half number? You taking overs and unders with the Nebraska win total right now? Lars Anderson five thousand dollars does what? Uh, I think the win total is right at six. I really do. So it's a push, and, and, and I think that should be yeah. That that would be a successful year if Nebraska can get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. That's a successful year in my estimation, and um. It'll just be fascinating to see exactly how Matt Rule um, coaches his team, how the kids play for him. Do they play hard? 
Uh, do they show that grit and determination that have been the hallmarks of really good Nebraska teams in the past? And it, it seems like uh, Matt Rule has really adopted the culture of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how he refers to, you know, when he's talking about old older teams, uh, he talks about us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not this. He's not a Mike Riley outsider, right? <laughs> that was just a terrible hire, terrible fit. Uh, but um, and and I'm hearing really good things. I'm sure you guys are too about Jeff Sims. Yeah, he, we'll we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, he, he could be really really nice for Nebraska. Lars, we'll get there. I want to get into a little bit too of of some of the parallels that that rules facing, and you've covered uh, Saint Nick a long time down there in Tuscaloosa. Saban came back from the NFL. Similar tag on him. He was two hands-on in the NFL. We'll get there with Lars Anderson, a college football host and insider, New York Times bestselling author, continues. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks. A few more minutes. Lars Anderson with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. And uh, Lars, of course, uh, host with uh, his show, Across the State in Alabama, and a New York Times best-selling author. Find Lars on Twitter at LarsAnderson71. David writes in, any of the guys at Hale Varsity bet like five grand on the over six and a half wins. I asked Lars that question. He thinks it's at six. I don't have five grand. I will need to go raid my wife's bank account to do that. Uh, you going to pass the hat around, Elijah, or are you just going to sell one of your blue chipper stocks because you've been doing well in the market i assume the tech side uh i'll just say <laughs> well, well uh, i'm not going to get into my financials here on no, the air that, that, don't that, do it the, the, the stocks have been you're more fine. likely to have five grand than i am is uh, what i'm saying i'll just say i don't think that would be a smart financial decision not because i don't think it's going to happen but because vegas the the hotels and casinos in vegas are tall and big for a reason right Lars, fair enough answer that is fair enough. And uh, I was, I, I've been thinking this for a while now that, you know, if Nebraska will change their nickname from Cornhuskers to the Berkshire Hathaways, the Fighting Burks, maybe, maybe they'll have a chance. The Fighting Burks. Well, call Uncle Warren up. I, I get what you're saying. So I want to get into to Saban and, and Lars, you were there when he came back from the NFL and. Saban's reputation in the NFL, a little bit too hands-on, and, and he didn't like it. Nick's a guy that needs control, totally get it. And I think Matt Rule, to his credit, is very hands-on, and that's going to lead to to more physical play, better tackling. I mean, Nebraska, I think, to your point, uh, can get back the smash mouth under Matt Rule because that's how they, they, they're going to practice. You assume that they practice and play the, the same way. What was it about Saban, his to-do list, if you can remember? Because was it a talent issue or was it a coaching issue with Bama for that 10-year period between 92 and when Nick got there? It was a little longer than that, but they had the little Sean Alexander season or two where they were an 11-12 win football team. It it was both, Um, but Nick arrived, his first season was 2007, uh, 2008, they get to the SEC championship game. 2009, mostly with Mike Shula's players, they win the national championship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, th- it was coaching. It was coaching right there. But uh, 
the most important development, I think, early on in uh, Nick Saban's tenure in Tuscaloosa was the fact that he was able to flip Julio Jones, okay. uh, who's one of the most talented wide receivers I've ever laid eyes on. And uh, Julio was uh, from uh, Foley High School uh, outside of Mobile in southern Alabama. And he had committed to go to Oklahoma. And uh, they had Sam Bradford at the time uh, who would go on to become the number one overall pick. And Nick went down there, even though uh, Julio was just fully committed to, uh, to Oklahoma, Nick went into his, his uh, house and met with uh, his mom and, and said, hey, you know how good you are. I'm telling you. We are coming at Alabama, and we want you, but I only want you if you want us. And he basically got up and left. And Julio Jones was just, like, thunderstruck. And next thing you know, Julio Jones, he commits, he, he decommits from Oklahoma, commits to Alabama, and that changed everything, absolutely everything. It was just that one commitment from Julio Jones, and suddenly the floodgates opened, um, especially here in, in, in the Deep South, where, you know, five stars are growing on trees, it seems like. And, uh, and, and Nick very quickly was able to get the, the, the pick of the recruiting litter, so to speak. And I, I don't know that if – that so to me, and I've written two books on the guy – that was the defining moment of okay. Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa was uh, it was the recruitment of Julio Jones. Now, could there be a defining moment, a program changing moment for Matt rule? Absolutely. Absolutely. There could be. Uh, and I, I thought Dylan Rayola perhaps could be that kid, you know, and, uh, and, but that doesn't mean that, um, that, that just because they missed on, he missed on Rayola. And that was always going to – I agree with you guys. It was always going to be an uphill battle. Um, but I, I do think that Matt Rule – you can tell that he's the son of a uh, preacher, right? I mean, he is gifted with a silver tongue. And he can he can talk as, as good as any coach uh, in, a, in a living room, I, I believe. And so, yeah, I mean, if – it just it all starts with acquiring talent, mm-hmm. right? And then supplementing that talent with development. And um, I, I'm I'm certainly willing to give Matt Rule the benefit of the doubt because, I mean, I, I hate it when you know we analyze. Oh, how did this coach or that coach perform in a press conference? And he won the press conference. He lost the press conference. Well, who the heck cares? But I'll say that Matt rule, he, he is doing the right things. He's saying the right things. Um, and I, I think I mentioned this to you, Chris, uh, last time I was on your show that, you know, I was in Omaha recently and, uh, got on a plane and, uh, and Matt, Matt rule, he was sitting in like seat one a, and he was the first guy on the plane. And I was not seated. I was just a little bit behind him and not one person recognized him. I couldn't believe it. 
Incognito, man. That's that's all good. Well, uh, Lars here, while we're talking Matt Rule and his rebuild, you've had an up-close view at, at Nick Saban, what he's done at Bama, as you kind of laid out, and you've seen a couple other schools in the SEC go on a rise as well. So what are you going to be watching for from Matt Rule in year one to see if, if he's got Nebraska headed in the right direction? Effort. Effort level, 100%. Just never give up and just uh, just toughness. I mean, that's what that's what Nick Nick's right out of the gate in 2008. Um, uh, you could tell that it was just a different level of intensity uh, come game day. And I, I've sort of I've used this metaphor probably way too many times in writing, but like Nick had to shake the tree and have all the bad apples fall. Right. And there was just uh, some, some guys that weren't committed to uh, to doing things the way he wanted to. And, and Nick had, there was this mass exodus of players uh, after the 2008 season. And I've talked to Greg McElroy at length about this. Um, you know, Greg, he doesn't live too far from me now, but uh, he, um, you know, he was like a three-star recruit uh, by Mike Shula and, uh, and he, and, and, and a smart guy, He'll tell you he's a smart guy too. Uh, <laughs> he's a road scholar finalist. Yeah. Um, but but he so he had a front row seat to everything, and and he ended up winning a national championship as a starting quarterback. But it, it it's all about just uh, like just the the attitude and the effort level and the the commitment and just doing things the right way. Like every and and you know it's. Uh, it's tired to keep talking about the process of Nick Saban. Right. But it, it really means just focusing on what is the next thing I need to do and how can I do that to the best of my ability? Don't even think about the, the second next thing you need to do. It's just right in front of you. And then when it comes to being in a game, every play is its own living, breathing organism. And once that play is done, it's wiped from memory and you just focus on the very next play on your assignment. And Nick preaches this uh, philosophy of if you see a lot, you see a little. If you see a little, you see a lot. So focus on the little. Focus on what is right in front of you. Don't focus on results. Focus on what you have to do one thing at a time. And I, I feel like I just uh, – <laughs> just in, in like uh, I've become Nick Saban's parrot here, but that's, I, I've that's been all right. It him. sounds a lot like rule quite honestly is as detailed as he is where there is it's process oriented large couple of minutes. We got to rock out, but you're awesome for giving us a couple of segments. Do you see any of, of Jeff Sims in Jalen hurts as far as skill set with, with the dual threat ability Sims is a big dude that can run. He's had his moments, but some turnover issues in Georgia Tech. Uh, I look at Hertz and, and what kind of a, a ball player he was at Bama, and then what he's become in the NFL, how he's refined his throw, and he's really, really awesome to, to watch. Is that crazy to throw out there, or is there a way Nebraska could use him uh, in this offense this year, similar to how Bama used uh, Hertz down, at, down in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talked about Jalen today on, on my show for a long time. Um, he's, he, he has improved more than any player I've ever seen mm-hmm. in the last five years. I never would. And, and I did a, a 5,000 word piece on Jalen when he was a, a freshman 
at Alabama. And I went down to Channel View, Texas and talked to his, uh, you know, former coaches. I talked to like, you know, band members, uh, classmates, teachers, and none of them even thought he was going to be good enough to get even a scholarship to division one school, much less to Alabama. And now here he is the highest paid player in the NFL until Joe Burrow surpasses him here in a couple of days, most likely. Um, but uh, yeah, I do see a little bit of, uh, of Jalen hurts in, in Jeff Sims. And I think, I really think Sims uh, if he plays within himself, takes care of the ball, mm-hmm. he has a skill set that is just off the charts and he has a, I think, if he develops, right, if he keeps developing, keeps improving, um, he could have a nice long NFL career. I'm not sure if it's like a, as a top flight starter or even a starter, but I think uh, he is an NFL player. Lars Anderson with us, New York Times bestselling author, host down in Tuscaloosa, statewide radio uh, covering the Crimson Tide, and you follow and find Lars on Twitter at LarsAnderson71. Lars, 30 seconds, what's uh, next for you when it comes to writing and, and you any books you're working on, bud? I, I, I currently have a book that is out there with a few different editors. It has to do with uh, Newt Rockney oh, wow. and Al Capone. Really? And, uh, and a plane crash that took uh, Newt Rockney's life. And uh, it's a really it's an untold story, but we'll see if I can tell it. We'll see if uh, I can you know, convince uh, an editor to go for it. But, but my agent loves it and we'll, we'll see. But uh, other than that, man, uh, my little kids uh, keep me pretty occupied. You know that, Chris. I bet, I bet. Actually, my, my son, Lincoln, he's got he's eight. That's awesome. And, and uh, named after Lincoln, Nebraska, by the way, as you know, Chris. And uh, he is a he is a football practice, flag football here just in about a half hour. Or so I'm going to be heading over there. But, um, yeah, just uh, being a dad. And you know how exhausting that can be. Absolutely. Lars, we'll check in soon, brother. Thank you for the time. All right. Keep the faith.